0: Welcome to Happy Talks with Dr. Alice and Donovan. Dr. Alice Fong is a holistic naturopathic doctor and founder of Amour de Sois Wellness, and Donovan Jensen is a software engineer and founder of HowToHappy.com. Together, they're out to cause more happiness in the world.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Happy Talks. My name is Dr. Alice, and this is my awesome co-host, Donovan. And today, I'm going to be doing a follow-up um, to my miscarriage story from a few weeks ago. Actually, the episode just got released and I got some good response about it. Uh, but when I had recorded that, or when we had recorded that podcast episode about my miscarriage, as well as my friend sharing about their miscarriage stories, I actually thought I was finished with the physical part of it, but I wasn't. So that's what this episode is about is to follow up on how it dragged out a lot longer than I expected. Uh, yes. So basically what happened, uh, I think leaving from where we left off uh, the last miscarriage story, I kind of to summarize if you didn't catch that episode I was talking about how I went in for my 10 week checkup and we were expecting to see our baby's baby for the first time on the ultrasound. And that was not the case. We received devastating news that there was no heartbeat. And at that point, it sh- there should be a heartbeat and there was no question about the date of it because I went through IVF. So it was apparent that it looked like I was going to be having a miscarriage. Very, very devastating. And I didn't even know that you could have a miscarriage. Uh, like for a, or in the baby could just basically be hanging out in you for a good long while until, until it's ready to go. I thought it was maybe a few days at most, but for me, it was like month, a month, over a month. And yes. So I'll start with that. Um, I'll give Donovan a little more opportunity this time to share and chat and ask questions. Um, but yeah, that's where the story began. Any any thoughts? Do you want to start off with, Donovan?
0: No, I mean, I think that's a good recap and we can just keep plugging along with the details and then I do have a couple things to follow up with but we can do that after you've <laughs> kind of gotten the, the full story done.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah, so Back to the story, you know, I was talking about how um, I waited and I waited three weeks after I found out that I was going to have a miscarriage. Well, technically it's called a miscarriage, even though it hadn't physically come out of me yet. Uh, So I was waiting for it to happen naturally to come out. And I waited and I waited and two weeks goes by. I got a second opinion to confirm that this was what was going to happen I got and they sent me to the hospital to get a third ultrasound to confirm so it looked like yes this is this is going to happen I was hoping I could be one of those miracle cases and it was not looking like that as well as my uh, hc hcg levels were were dropping and so that kind of just confirmed that I was going to lose this pregnancy So I decided after three weeks of waiting and wondering and not wanting to bleed out at my brother's wedding, which did happen, I did have a little cramping at that. That was in the beginning of April. I decided to go ahead and take the medication, which you insert up your hoo-ha, and And then it comes out uh, a few hours later. For me, it took about eight hours before the cramping started and then a few more hours until it finally came out or what I thought came out, which I think it was, but I'm not positive. But apparently with this medication, you're supposed to do two doses. And I really wish I had done that, even though I reached out and messaged my provider to be like, okay, I think it came out. Uh, The cramping, which was pretty intense, significantly subsided once whatever came out, came out. I don't know if it was just pregnancy tissue or it was the whole thing or whatever. And so I was like, do I have to do the second dose? She said, based on what I had told her that it didn't seem like the case. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm done. I'll just like expect to maybe lightly bleed or spot for a week or so. And then I should be done with this. I'm good to go is what I thought. And that's when we recorded that last episode. But two weeks after the, I do think it physically came out when I took that medication that day, but apparently not all the pregnancy tissue had come out because there was a lot more to it. So basically two weeks later um, on a Wednesday afternoon, I start massively bleeding out, out of the blue, filling like my little diva cups, which are supposed to, you know, hold when it's a diva cup for, for people who are not familiar with it. Basically when I'm on my period, I use the diva cup, which usually can last me up to 12 hours of, of bleeding for, and then you change it out and clean it and change, put it back in. Um, But I basically was, went through four or five cups of that and it just wouldn't stop. I had a pad. I had went through several cups. I literally couldn't leave the bathroom without like bleeding and gushing blood. So I just had to hang out in the shower for at least, you know, a good 20 minutes. I think it lasted between 20 and 40 minutes. And I was just shocked. And I was like, oh, well, I guess my miscarriage wasn't over because this is a ridiculous amount of blood. I was kind of in surprise. So I wasn't like processing the emotional grief of it. But but then I thought it was done. Okay. I was like, okay, maybe there was still a lot of pregnancy tissue left. I needed to release it. It's been released. I it, And then the bleeding slowed down uh, the next day. same thing happens like in middle of the day i have another massive bleed out it's crazy uh that and that day i was having a very like on top of that i was having an emotionally rough day so i was just like crying in the shower called my husband to come home and i was just like a mess (laughs) that whole day it, it was pretty, pretty messy. It just looked like a massacre in the bathroom, blood on the floor, like blood splatters all over this little gruesome details. I should have given warning for people, blood everywhere, cleaned it up. Um, I was hoping it would be over, but just in case it wasn't, uh, it's weird because they say with miscarriage, you know, if you're, if you're bleeding through like a pad within like an hour, then you got to go to the hospital. But it was weird because it's like, okay, I'm massively bleeding for 20 minutes or so, but then it goes back to light. So in the light periods, it's definitely not a whole pad or anything like that. But during the heavy periods, it's like five pads. (laughs) So it's just like this this like confusion of just like wait for this intense period to pass and then maybe it'll lighten up. And then basically... The, at the After it happened the second time, I was prepared to go to bed, you know, with a diva cup, a pad, I put a towel, um, two, so I was triple protected, hopefully to make it through the night without massively bleeding, but that wasn't enough. I, I still bled through the towel and the pad and the diva cup. So it's just like all this blood. Um, so had to wash the sheets that day. Uh, made it through the whole day without a bleed out. And then the same thing happened the next night. had to wash my sheets again, lots of, lots of blood, but then I made it another day or two without any massive bleed out, just like spotting. So I was like, okay, I think it's done. This was Saturday. I made it through the whole day. So then I have another bleed out on Sunday. (laughs) I know this is kind of repetitive. It's almost over though. Hopefully, Um, I have another bleed out on Sunday. I think that's over last like 20 minutes or so. I think it's over. I, I think after a bleed out, I'm like, okay, I shouldn't have another bleed out for a while. So I think it's safe to go to breakfast, um, at a local cafe with my husband. And so we, we go, um, I get in line to order the food. I, I feel another bleed out coming on and you don't, I had no zero control. My husband was like, well, why don't you just like clench, do a Kegel and like hold it in. (laughs) I was like, that is not possible. Like (laughs) this is, it's coming out one way or another. And I felt literally was standing in line. I'm wearing black sweatpants and I feel the blood like dripping down my leg. And I, I was like double protected pad diva cup. And still like bleeding out past that point. And so I rush to the bathroom, massive explosive, not explosive, but just the gushes of blood, um, which I do get on the floor. Uh, But I clean it up, tidy up everywhere. Thankfully, they have like a toilet brush, (laughs) just like remove the evidence and then uh, wait for it to slow down enough to, to be able to walk out. And go to my husband and say, we have to leave right now. And so, so we do as he's taking his first bite of breakfast I'm like, we have to go. So we went back home and I was like, I guess I can't leave the house for a while. And then nothing, nothing else happens the, the rest of that Sunday and nothing happens on Monday. So I'm like, okay, maybe that was it, but I'm really skeptical because I keep getting this tease. And then Tuesday hits and I have three bleed outs through the day. And I'm like, oh my God, maybe this is time. Maybe I do need to go to the hospital because I'm starting to get lightheaded from losing all that blood. Um, But it slows down again. It's light and spotting again. So I'm like, well, let's just see how it goes. And I, I haven't had a bleed out since then. I think it's been at least two weeks since my last bleed out, which is good. And I, and then I went, so I spotted for maybe a few days and then I went like three or so days without any bleeding or spotting. And I was like, it's a miracle. It's finally done. <laughs> yes, that would be great. And then I start spotting again and I was like, is, is it going to happen again? So this whole week for about a week now, I started spotting for four or five days. And then I started bleeding heavier and it's more like a period. And I'm, I'm kind of confused. I'm like, is this my period? I'm not sure. Or is this like another phase three of my miscarriage or like phase eight of my miscarriage? I don't know. Um, but I haven't had any major bleed outs because it's like, okay, my diva cup cannot be overflowing with blood within minutes. So I, th- I think I'm okay. Um, but it, it the fact that it was spotting for a week when normally if I'm on my period, it spots for like a couple days and then it's heavy bleeding for a few days and then it lightens up versus spotting for like a week and then it's like heavy for the last two or three days. But I'm hoping it lightens up and maybe this is just a, a wonky period and I'll get my body back in sync. And I was thinking, how could I have my period so soon after having like, I mean, my miscarriage probably took like seven weeks in total in that process from finding out to like, it stopped bleeding, but basically, and I was like, is there any, how could there be any blood left in there (laughs) to have a period at this point, but maybe it is a period. I'm not sure. I'm going to talk to my provider and, and consult her about that, but then uh, to top it off, To tie this little story up in a nice, neat bow, I got COVID (laughs) right at the tail end of what I think was the the physical end of my miscarriage. I say the physical end because I think with a miscarriage, the emotional grief and that processing is kind of like a lifetime experience. So I don't expect to get over that soon. it It has gotten easier. I've had more acceptance about it, but I do have once in a while, a breakdown around it, but for the most part, I feel pretty good. Um, but it's still, when I think about it, it's difficult, but yeah, that uh, got COVID. Although I guess the silver lining is that at least I'm not pregnant, pregnant when I had COVID COVID was, not fantastic. It was definitely worse than a cold, but it was not as bad as when I had strep throat. My throat hurt a lot, but not to that degree. And uh, maybe I had symptoms for three or four days and I'm on the upswing of that and feel 95% better from COVID after miscarriage, COVID, and life <laughs> endeavor. So, so that is the, the follow-up of the story that I didn't realize was finished from the last episode. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've been having a bit of a rough patch lately, which is hopefully now on the upswing.
1: <laughs> I know, uh, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> one of the questions that I had was around... Sort of the communication you had with your provider, or like the expectations that you had Mm -hmm. set, right? Because it Mm -hmm. sounds like, and and this is something we talked about a little bit before in the previous episode like, you were given sort of a a set of expectations around what you would experience, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't really sound like one that was the overall experience from the group from before. And then not only, like, for I, I guess what I'll say, like the most clear moment, or whatever else you want to call it, like the most. Uh, a strongest moment but also all of the like sort of follow-up and stuff so i'd be curious if you got any sort of heads up around any of this from your provider and if not how you were sort of making the decision around because basically what i heard and uh, forgive me because i'm a man i don't really know that much but i heard like bleeding 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 multiple days of bleeding bleeding through things like uh, at at some point early in the process i would have been like this doesn't seem correct <laughs> like this seems like way way too much blood loss. So I'd be curious first sort of those expectations you had, if there were any, or if you were given any, and then the second piece is sort of how you were making decisions around like, Oh, is this actually like a critical problem that I need to go in for?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there were, so I had a couple providers. Uh, One, I had my, my midwife and they had like a midwife team. And then I also got another opinion from an OBGYN MD and, and so, you know, they're sharing information with me and, you know, the expectation was kind of back, backtracking to the last story or the last podcast, if you didn't listen to it, I went in at the week 10 checkup, they said and estimated that it stopped growing at around seven and a half weeks. So it had been like three weeks just hanging out in there, not living, stop growing. And so they, both the midwife and the ob were were expecting it to come out in like a week or two after they told me that it was going to miscarry a week goes by another week goes by nothing nothing's <laughs> happening and i'm like okay what's going on i have like a i have four ultrasounds um before i officially decide i have my follow up appointment and then i decide okay i'm going to do the medication um and They basically the, the main gist that I got like some, yeah, they said there's, there's going to be a lot of bleeding. And I think I got that more from my girlfriends that I talked to who had been through miscarriages that, you know, expect a ridiculous amount of blood. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I did. And when I, when it came out that first time after the medication, that was a ridiculous amount of blood. And I thought that was like the end of it. Um, I thought that was it. And basically the providers, both providers were saying, you know, if you're bleeding um, through a pad within an hour and it's nonstop, that's that's the key, the nonstop. If I kept bleeding after the 20 or 30 minutes, then I would be like, if it was just like nonstop gushing endlessly, then I'm like, yeah, I should go to the hospital. But it was just, I was not told about like these phases of like 20, 30 minutes of nonstop intense blood, but then it, then it stops and it's light and it's spotting. And then, and then you don't know when the next massive bleed out where you're like gushing and gushing and gushing. And I'm just hanging out in the shower, blood just dripping out of me nonstop. And it's, it's especially when there's clots, um, with a, it comes with more blood. And I think that's more of the pregnancy tissue that's that's passing. So I felt like I wasn't expecting that was, but, you know, I do remember, but the thing is when I had those, when I went through like phase two of my miscarriage, where it, it kind of came more stuff came out naturally. Uh, my friends who had gone through the miscarriage naturally said, you know, it, it lasted a week or two after that fact, it, they, they said they felt miserable. Um, I was thinking more like, like inability to walk or do stuff. I was able to like do stuff. I didn't have any cramping or pain with the massive gushes of blood. I only had it when I had taken the medication that caused cramping, but these massive bleed outs for a whole week, um, two weeks after taking the medication, um, no cramping at all. Still functional, but just like, oh yeah, I'm this fountain of blood. (laughs) So that that was unexpected and um I hear from some people that's that's happened to them from some people not I did not hear that specifically from my provider and so I don't know how normal or not normal that might be
0: so following up um sort of on that I mean you mostly answered it but so you had sort of this guideline around like an hour of nonstop bleeding is probably when you should go in. Were you ever like close to that? Cause you did mention at one point you were thinking about going in. Was that like an hour of bleeding or something else?
1: It wasn't, I think it was like, if it's bleeding beyond an hour or you're filling up more than a pad and you have to keep changing it. Um, For me, it was like when I'd have those bleed outs, it was just like nonstop for again, like 20 or 30 minutes. But then, then it lightens up and then it's like that Tuesday where I had three and it, three, but it wasn't all in a row. It was like throughout the day, random bleed outs. And, and I think it was the accumulation of all those bleed outs, not like one particular one. Cause again, it was, each one was less than an hour. Um, and But it was, I think just all of that together on the same day felt started like it was getting hard to walk up the stairs at that point I was feeling more lightheaded um but still somewhat functional just yeah yeah
0: yeah that makes sense to me um not that I've had even close to the same sort of experience (laughs) but I did have a time where I got nose surgery and oh for whatever reason it um ruptured I guess I don't know what happened but like I was just like fauceting blood out of my nose mm. but when that when that happened to me like within a couple minutes I was extremely lightheaded disoriented like couldn't think straight
1: mm-hmm. in fact
0: <laughs> this is the total tangent but I, I ended up calling my mom and I couldn't explain to her clearly enough what was going on mm-hmm. like she was like it's the middle of the work day. like what do you want I was just yes. like "Ah." Uh. Anyway, the only reason I ask is because is I was kind of trying to like in my own mind sort of get an idea of the range of, of symptoms you were feeling, right? Like, and it sounds like you had quite a bit of blood loss, but still for the most part felt okay. Whether or not that's the normal, the typical situation is uh, entirely something else. Anyway, switching topics a little bit, you said that you had um, maybe like shared it out with some people like the story and, and some of the details and, and whatnot. I'd be curious um, if you got from anyone any feedback on anything that either they found like the most useful, or if there was something that anyone said that they uh, maybe missed or like wanted to get, right? I, I'm just curious mm-hmm. what the sort of response was to sharing your story, if there's anything that we should try to like amplify out to a large audience.
1: Yeah, yeah, I got a lot of love and support when I shared my story. It was a little scary to, to put my story out there, like out for the public, it was, you know, the fear of like, what are people think? It's kind of a damper <laughs> onto like the positive news, you know, everyone, Facebook sharing about, oh, we're having a baby. And I'm like, I had a miscarriage, <laughs> like a real, like. but uh, I I wrote out my story and that was kind of healing in itself um just uh the share initially i just kind of wrote out about like the all the the physical stuff that i shared but i went back and after getting a lot of support i decided to flesh it out and share a little more about what was going on in my brain and my emotions and my thoughts and the surprise and the roller coaster and all of that um and what came out of it was a lot of people like praising me and actually saying that I was brave for sharing my story and how it was so necessary because people don't share these stories and a lot of women feel alone in this like they have to suffer through this alone and I actually even got even um, like comments on on my story that I shared um, where other people felt comfortable enough to share their miscarriage stories that I had no idea had miscarriages And it was kind of beautiful in a way that I didn't realize because those stories, sometimes again, there's similarities, there's differences. It's like every story is a little unique and different, but all at the heart and the core of it is, is the, the heartache and the pain that, that comes with this type of experience and that, that shared, shared grief. And, and I think that's important for people to know, like the main goal was to help people realize that this is very common. A lot of that's another reoccurring theme that came up in the, in the comments and the sharing from people was a lot of people, when they went through it, they didn't realize how common it is. They weren't told that they weren't even told they were common. I was thankful that my midwife told me that it was not only I knew it was common, but she made it even more common than I realized, you know, the stats say 25%, but my midwife had said, oh, actually she thinks it's 25 to fifty percent and it's just underreported, which I 100% believe because I know friends that never told anyone. And so so yeah, it, it was kind of, and then I also heard about stories of people going to have, having to get this the DNC, which is the surgery at the hospital. And their ER doctors just being super insensitive or just, like, not compassionate to such a traumatic, emotionally devastating event for people. So so that came up. So I, I'm grateful, you know, again, I don't wish a miscarriage on anyone, but I'm, I'm grateful in that. The experience that I had, even though it was like a bitch of an experience of seven weeks of hell, uh, of of waiting and wondering, and then it happening, and then it waiting and wondering, and then it happens again. <laughs> um, I'm I'm great, more grateful for the support that I got for my own personal development to feel comfortable enough to share with people, even though initially I had probably a similar response to a lot of women of not wanting to talk about it because it just makes me like, I feel like a failure as a woman. I feel like I, you know, I don't, I don't want to fall apart if I share it with someone. But I, I realized that in talking with others, especially other women who have been through it, it, it helped, helped comfort and soothe me to some degree. It was like, yeah, you get me you see me, you understand what, what I've been through. And, and that's, that was the, the most important thing for me.
0: Yeah. Cause it sounds like uh, from what I've been able to gather that it's a very, it's an experience that leaves you feeling very like vulnerable, but also alone. Right. And yeah, it sounds like it's a very common reaction to want to distance yourself, like from everyone, just mm-hmm. from everyone and everything, um, which I guess is Also probably just part of grief in general, but it also sounds like it is nowhere near a rare experience and that there is uh, a community of individuals who have experienced the same thing that, uh, you know, I I can't speak for every single person, but enough that there are people who would be willing to like show their support, give support, lend an ear, an ear that uh, unlike mine actually has like the weight of understanding behind it, even if all the details don't line up the general experience maps to some degree. So that's like one of the main things that I I gathered out of these conversations is that it's like naturally a very um, lonely experience, but doesn't have to be, or at least, you know, there are resources out there. Obviously it's going to be easier said than done to actually like reach out and do that. And like you're saying, like not everyone's going to want to share and that's not what's going to be useful for everyone. Um, but there are other people out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And it's, it's really, uh, you know, once I did start sharing with, with some of those girls, it, it really made, made the difference for me and the healing process and the journey and, and feeling more comfortable now. I, I, you know, I didn't share obviously my miscarriage with everyone right away. Uh, It it took a, a good while, at least well over a month before I felt comfortable enough to do, do so. But having at least, a small group of people that I could share with um, started to, you know, make it feel less like this hidden suffering that I have to keep from the world. And it's like, okay, it, it removes the the weightiness of it. I mean, it's still like a heavy thing, but it's, it's the, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say like the grief is losing its power over me, but it's more like, okay, I can, I can talk about it now without falling apart. Like before it's like, it was hit and miss (laughs) whether I could talk about it and like fall apart. But now I feel like I can talk about it, um, with more ease than, than before and, and realize that, yeah, this is, this is what I've been through and it, it was something and I'm still standing and I'm here and, you know, it just wasn't the right time. I did nothing wrong. My body is not a failure. It just wasn't the right time. And, um, when the time does come, it'll be a beautiful thing.
0: I have a question mm-hmm. showing on that, which is, do you think it is a useful conversation or thing to think about in terms of, so when I, when I hear you say like, Oh, I had a miscarriage. And I felt like sort of shameful around my body, not functioning in the way that I would like it to. Mm-hmm. Um, on the one hand, I could see that it, it not helping just because it's such an emotional and and grief filled process. But on the other hand, uh, I'm curious if you think any conversation around like, just it is it is um pretty common and fairly natural, right? Like, oh yeah. Um, I'm not gonna tread too far down this road because I don't know the details that well. But uh-huh. you know, like I would imagine there are some number of things you can control about how your pregnancy goes in terms of not like binge drinking while you're pregnant. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would also imagine there are a number of things you cannot control about how your pregnancy goes. And it's not something that like anyone should feel personally liable for because right. there's just these things that you don't have control over. But again, I don't know if that's me. Like, com- you know, I'm coming from a completely outside perspective of like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's really sad that, um, you know, people are feeling bad about this when likely in the majority of cases, it's due to factors that are not at all in your control.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, at least I'm thankful in that I have enough emotional development to, to recognize that I was, I was having the thoughts and the feelings of like, oh, I feel like a failure. I'm ashamed of my body. I couldn't do it. Could I have done something different or better? Was it like skipping that one day of, of meds and supplements? <laughs> if, I, if I just did it on that one day, would it have made the difference? Or if I did this, or I did get like a massage and supposedly you're not supposed to get a massage while you're in your first trimester because of the risk of miscarriage. Although honestly- I don't actually think it's a risk and the massage and de-stressing of uh, it's actually helpful, but I think it's more of a liability issues, not to say it's impossible, but now it's like, oh, well, is it that thing that I did that like caused this? But honestly, you know, it's not really helpful to think about that. Um, And I, I, I'm able to kind of soothe myself and, and acknowledge that, okay, these are the feelings and thoughts that are coming up doesn't mean that it's true. I understand that. Um, and I get that on an intellectual level, but like the little Alice in me is like falling apart and bawling. Um, so, so I just allow my feelings to just be whatever they are and just like allow it and, allow them to, to be and exist and um, know that it's not necessarily true the thoughts, but to, to know that the, the feelings and the emotions will pass in time and that it'll be okay. And ultimately it isn't my fault. And I did what I, I could and it is of every common experience. And I think that is a very helpful thing for women to know is that it's extremely common and I did everything that I could. you know, I didn't smoke or drink or like do anything, fall down stairs. <laughs> I think that's what people think of. Like when in this Oh, someone pushed me downstairs, I didn't fall down any stairs um, or have anything extremely stressful happen. So yeah, it just happens. It's, it's very, very common and there's nothing that you can do. It's just like part of the process and it sucks, but it, it does happen
0: yeah I'm glad that you shared sort of your perspective and the details of it because that's a, a much more elegant way of saying what I was trying to say, which is I don't want to discount the emotional weight and the emotional piece, right it's not yeah. it's not the type of thing that you can just think like, oh well, s- these factors were not in my control, so whatever, like good to go uh, I wanted to I wanted to um yeah tread lightly around that piece because obviously there's going to be an emotional piece and a journey and and really some like grief and trauma type experience uh mm-hmm. to go through. Um, but it sounds like when that stuff sort of subsides a little bit, then you have a little more space to sort of negotiate with your thoughts uh around um like you're saying whether or not they're true or useful or whatever sort of framing or, or methodology that uh happens to work for people. But I just want to say you said what I was trying to say in a nicer way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to give people permission to fall apart too. It's like, there's nothing wrong with that. And there were days I was falling apart. And in those moments, I, and there were some, sometimes during a bleed out, I, there's like phases where I'd be like a mess. I'd call my husband. I'm like, you need to get home and just hold me. Cause I'm a mess. And then there's moments where I, I'm like, Oh, very indifferent. And I'm like, Oh, this has just happened. Another one. okay, I'll just deal with it. Like I deal with the others. And it's just like, okay, we'll just wait it out, see what happens. And so you don't know how it's going to unfold, but however it does, I just let the emotions be what they are, whether it's like, you know, sometimes I'm like, Oh, should I be having a breakdown every bleed out? No, I don't think that's I shouldn't feel bad if I don't cry every time I have a bleed out, it's just like a lot of crying (laughs) if I did that. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's up and down. You never know how it's going to go. And, um, just giving myself permission to feel what I'm feeling in the moment is what helped me.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and it goes back to whatever episode we did recently yeah. around, like, you feel what you're going to feel. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, we have some minor control over our emotions, but for the most part, not really. Uh-uh. Okay. And, uh, you know, like, maybe 80-20 if, if, you're, if you're lucky. Uh, mm-hmm. But just giving yourself the space is, is probably one of the most useful things you can do, and it sounds like for this situation, uh, exceptionally so.
1: Mm, yeah. 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 I am feeling a lot better emotionally. I've had a few, few days where I was feeling a little low, but, um, you know, sometimes I just like crawled into bed and just moped through it. And then other times I was like, no, I, I want to actually get out. And I went to the beach one day and just let the dogs run around in that, that house always makes me feel better because they're so happy and excited to be able to be off leash at the beach so yeah it it all like worked out and um yeah I'm I'm excited that my my story is out there and I feel almost empowered in having shared my story
0: yeah and I think um I did see a little bit of the sort of responses and stuff you got I feel like Mm -hmm. people have found it really useful so I'm sure people out there are grateful. And I'm, I'm grateful to be able to hear some of the, the details of a situation that I generally would not be able to.
1: Yeah. And there's like no perfect, like birth, you know, I trained as a doula many, many years ago, actually my first year of med school. Um, I attended a few of my friends' births, uh, a doula, if anyone doesn't know that is someone like a support emotional support person for a pregnant woman in labor and so the births that I've been through, been to, not through, I haven't given birth yet. Uh, they were not textbooks, you know, textbook pregnancy and labor and birth is, is like, oh, it, you know, the contraction should last X amount of time. And then the baby comes out in like, <laughs> it's just like none of the births were like textbook, maybe, maybe one sort of ish. But I feel like the same thing applies to miscarriages. There's like the textbook definition of a miscarriage. And then there's like a million different ways that it can unfold and happen. And you don't know exactly which way yours is going to go. And mine went all sorts of ways. (laughs) It was a very long process and a lot of blood. I mean, I guess the common denominator is there's going to be a lot of blood. And just be prepared for that. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, this may not be a good analogy, but to me, it sounds like it's sort of like getting a cold in the sense that like you you can kind of identify what a cold is because there's like a huge bucket of different symptoms that that mm-hmm. you'll probably get at least some of, but not every time you're going to get the same ones and not every time it's going to be at the same intensity. Obviously, they are significantly different experiences, but I just mean parallels in terms of Uh, Sort of there's like a bucket of things you may experience Mm -hmm. at different intensities.
1: Yeah. And that's why I think it's important to talk to other women who've been through it because even though their stories might be different or similar or there's some overlap and some not, it's just nice to know that there's like many ways that it occur. And just that was comforting in myself. Like my friend Devin, who was on our show for the first episode about miscarriage, she had two and so, and those two were, were very different. So in itself, so even within the same women, it can be a different experience. Each miscarriage is a unique <laughs> experience and story, just like each birth is a unique experience and story. And so, but a lot of people share their birth stories but they don't always share the details of their miscarriage story. And that's what I'm out to change.
0: Yeah, and we also, I'm just realizing too, uh, we've talked quite a bit about sort of the emotional and physical aspects of it, just just from the event itself. But there's also got to be this extra layer of context, right? Like the meaning of the miscarriage within the rest of your life, because there are a number of different things that that could mean for you, right? Like, And I won't go any further than that because I don't know anything about it, but... (laughs) Um, I'm just now realizing that there's, there's just m- many multiple layers to beyond what we've even talked about across two episodes.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, I think this is just part of my, my story and my journey of, of going through life, um, going through the journey of, of trying to be a parent. Cause you could, you could actually, even before this mare's carriage, if you could track it back to, even when I was like in my early 20s or even as a young girl it's like i've always wanted to have kids and we could talk about the struggle of just finding a partner that actually was on the same page to want kids with me or then finally finding a partner that does want to have kids but then he has differences in like wanting a certain income before we have kids and then that relationship conflict of so like that struggle was a struggle and then it's like oh and then when he's on board to try to have kids you know, we, there's fertility issues. And so we go through IVF. And so there's that additional struggle. And then we finally get pregnant and then there's this, then we lose it. So it just feels like this massive buildup of my story of like, when we do get pregnant, when I finally give birth, or if that doesn't happen, when when we adopt a baby, if that's the case, you know, that will be like, the, the climax of it'll not be the end of the story. Cause you know, being a parent is a whole nother journey in itself, but it'll be just like this huge milestone of so many struggles to get to that point. And I told my husband on the day we found out that we were going to have a miscarriage that, you know, the silver lining is that when we do give birth, we are going to appreciate that baby infinitely more because of what we have. Had to go through to get there with the miscarriage, and so you know when that kid is a a toddler asshole, which they all are, I hear toddlers are assholes when they're throwing a tantrum over not having a certain snack. You know, I'm just gonna ha- go back to like, this is better than a miscarriage. <laughs> this is better than a miscarriage, and that's gonna carry me through that tantrum. So that's what I, I, I kind of view it in the whole context of my life as.
0: Yeah. That's a really cool way to add as you know, it's like part of your story, right. It's part of, I don't know, just this, the way that you've assigned meaning to it will, will be, I, I don't know what else to say besides part of your story for, for the rest of your story. So yeah, it's, it's um kind of cool to just hear about it in those terms.
1: Yeah. And you think about like, you know, yeah, it's really difficult now, but one, one of my favorite, my it's like favorite shows on earth, it's about to end. This is us. Oh, I can't speak highly enough award-winning show. It's, it's all the feels and the emotions, but it kind of like, they go in and out through various peoples and they tell the stories of the various characters. And it's like weaved in and out through like the present time, the past. And the future, which is kind of cool. And recently, in recent episodes, one of the main couples are going through a divorce and they love each other. And it's painful because they have kids. And, and Toby, the, the, the guy, you know, he says to Kay, he's like, you know, this can't be the end of our story. And she says, you know, um, when they sign their divorce papers, like weeks or so, however long later. She's like, this isn't the end of a story. And it's just like, it's not the end of it. It's like a journey. And you know, you'll see in you'll one day you'll see, like in the future, that this was the way that life was supposed to happen. And so, you know, that's how I'm viewing it. It's like, yeah, it really sucks now, but that's part of life. There's gonna be parts that suck, but that that help you grow, build your resilience. You know, it can't be all giggles and laughs all the time it's gotta you know suck sometimes for you to appreciate the better times and it and it'll get better in time and I have faith in that so that's just kind of my reference in that like if you zoom out if you like fast forward into Alice 10 years from now I'll look back on this event and appreciate it for for it giving me um the the experience that it did
0: yeah I think what you just outlined is an extremely useful thing for people to do obviously when you're out of the throes of like the strongest points of of the emotional lows Mm -hmm. or highs if it's if it's in some other situation but yeah like just having some way to sort of like assign meaning and and figure out how it fits into the larger picture of your life Mm
1: -hmm.
0: is useful for not getting stuck in sort of those loops that, that people can get stuck in after something like this of just like Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm never going to have the life I want. I'm never going yeah. to, et, et cetera, et yep. cetera. <laughs> kind of yeah. So, um, thanks for sharing that piece too, because I feel like that's a, it's useful. Um, you know, cause there's, there's multiple pieces to this journey. And like, as you get past sort of the, the strongest emotional pull and into the piece where, um, you have to make meaning of things, like, I feel like it's, it will be helpful for people to see how you've done that.
1: Yeah. 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 And I'm, I'm glad I, I wrote out my story while I, it's still fresh in my mind. And then I'll, you know, 10 years, look back at it and be like, wow, man, I went through some crazy shit, <laughs> but look at where I'm now. <laughs> so yes. All right. Well, I think that wraps up this episode. Any, any less thoughts? Nope. All right. Well, thank you everyone for, for tuning in and um, hearing out my story. If you want to share your miscarriage story, or if you um, have thoughts on what I shared, if it was like too much, you're welcome to share that in the comments below or, and be sure to spread the happiness in the world by liking, subscribing, doing all the things to help get us out there. All right. Thanks again. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Happy Talks with Dr. Allison Donovan.
0: We hope you got something of value to help bring a little more happiness into your life. What lesson or takeaway did you get from today's episode?
1: For more tips and tools, be sure to check out my website at dralicebong.com. And you can find me on my social media handles at dralicebong.
0: You can find me at howtohappy.com and follow me on my social media handles at howtohappy.
1: Catch Catch you next next time. time.